In this episode, I want to share with you some thoughts about a book that really helped me change the way that I think about coaching. It is a book that's titled The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Stanier. The subtitle of this book is Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever. I'm just going to randomly share with you some notes that I took away from this book. Number one, the most important thing for me was this advice in the book to be aware of the advice monster. The thing that the author stated was jumping into advice giving mode before we fully understand what the issue is and the options, and that is plural because there are typically always going to be multiple options, for moving forward, our advice will likely be poor advice. So this leads me into something that ties into another book that has had a profound influence in my coaching. It's titled The Prosperous Coach by Steve Chandler and Rich Lidfin. This is one of the reasons why I have moved to a minimum of 90 minutes for my coaching sessions. And I'm even contemplating the Rich Litvin two hours. But anyway, for now, I do at least 90 minutes because I really want to make sure that I have plenty of time to really understand as much as I can what's going on in the world of my client. I want to understand and appreciate their world. I want to make sure that we have a, a distraction-free environment, and I want to hear as much information as I can before I ever give advice. Now, by the way, if I'm going to give advice, I'm going to do so only after I feel like I've gotten enough information, and I'm going to do so sparingly. In fact, if I happen to believe that I have some advice to give, Many times what I've learned over the years is that it's better to help ask questions of my client that will lead them to make their own neural pathways, their own connections in their mind to the solution. If I can ask them leading questions that will lead them to come to the same conclusion of what my advice might be, but therefore they came up with the advice for themselves they're going to own that more. So I, I love this. Be, ad, be aware of the advice monster. The, the important distinction and how this radically, this book, The Coaching Habit, radically transformed my understanding of coaching is that originally I had this crazy idea that people would hire me as a coach because they wanted my advice. They wanted me to come and help them or they wanted me to solve their problems, to give them the solutions to their problems, that, that it was all about advice giving. However, the coaching habit helped me shift my understanding of coaching. It's not that I'm not to give advice. It's not that I'm not going to help them solve problems, but I'm going to do more asking. That's why I love the sub- subtitle of this book, Say Less, Ask More, and change the way you lead. I love the the admonition to stay curious, ask lots of questions. And there, in this book, The Coaching Habit, there's all sorts of options for questions. And I highly discourage you from trying to implement word for word exactly what somebody else's lists of questions are. 
Find, find some questions from this book and give them a try. Write them down on an index card and see if any of those come naturally to you. If you're in a coaching session and you try one of those cards and it just didn't feel right, well, ask yourself, is this one I want to try again and see if I can if it, it comes out a little bit more naturally the next time or do I need to modify the question? And, and if questions that you've tried don't work out for you, then tear them up and never use them again. Uh, there's all sorts of resources out there for coaching questions. There are entire books and PDFs and all sorts of lists you can find on Google for great coaching questions. But find the ones that work for you. But the one thing this book definitely helped me understand is that really effective coaching consists of asking more questions, listening in those responses, not just for what they're saying, but oftentimes listening for what they're not saying and uh, and being perceptive about what's going on. I love doing Zoom calls, for example, where I can actually see facial expressions and I could say, wait a second, I could just tell something just brought a smile to your face. What was that? What was it that you were thinking at that very moment that made you smile? See, that... Why, you know, anyway, so I love this. There's there's this one section of the book. It's titled The Focus Question. And the idea here is that we need to stop trying to solve the wrong problems. Oftentimes, I will start off a coaching session and say, okay, what is it that would make this conversation extremely valuable to you? Or I might say, hey, what is it that is the most important thing for you that we cover and accomplish on today's call. I, I ask the question a different way every single time, so I can't tell you exactly how I'm going to say that, but the important thing is, is like, what's on your mind today? What is it that you would like to accomplish, all right? And many times, they will start asking you, or telling you what it is that they came as far as their agenda to accomplish. And I love the focusing question, it gets to the heart of the matter. It's like, well, what's the real challenge here? What would it mean for you if you actually accomplished this? Why is it that this is important to you? What's really important? What's What do you really want? <laughs> so I love getting uh, more focused on what they want. Oftentimes people come to me and say, well, Cliff, I, I want to implement this in my business. And they're talking about like an online course or something of that nature. And I, I say, well, how's that been going for you? What have you done so far? Well, you know, I've been doing this for the last two and a half years, haven't made very much progress. And I said, well, where do you get stuck? And, and I might let them go into this for a little bit. And I'm like, well, let me ask you this question. Why is it that you want to create this course? Well, because I need passive income and I need this and I'd like to scale and all of these other things. And, and well... If it, let's just say you were successful. Three years down the road, you have this course and it's selling like crazy and blah, blah, blah. If, if you're really excited about the fact that you created this course, what has it done for you? What is it that you're happy that it's helped you accomplish? Well, quite frankly, I'm looking for consistent, steady income, blah, blah, blah. And, and I said, oh, so what you're really asking is how do I get some more security around consistent income. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, actually, I think that is exactly what I'm looking for. 
And for two and a half years, you've been trying to do this with the course and you haven't made much progress. Yeah. Well, when it comes to creating the course, what kind of things do you need to do? And I, I might ask them to list a couple of things. And I'm like, okay, how much do you enjoy doing those things? Oh, I hate it. it it's like, ah, oh, man, I, I'd rather go to the dentist and have them do a root canal. Wow. So you're telling me that you want more security around your financial income, knowing that you have pretty consistent flows of income, but you're telling me that for the last two and a half years, you're trying to create that outcome, doing something that you absolutely despise. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm saying. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm like, well, have you ever considered other options? Well, I can't think of any. Everybody talks about online courses. So, well, let's think about this. Can you think of anything? And going so, what I did is instead of helping them solve the problem of how to effectively get themselves to create this course, how to move forward on this course creation, which, by the way, I have the ability to take what's called a class two behavior and turn it into a class one behavior. So, for example, if a class two behavior, uh, I got learned this from Tony Robbins. Class two behavior is a behavior that's good for you, good for others, and serves the greater good but you don't enjoy doing it. You might even hate doing it. And a class one behavior is something that's good for you, good for others, and serves the greater good. But the only difference between a class two and a class one, a class one behavior, you enjoy doing it. And I have the ability with enough time with someone, I can actually take any class two behavior that's good for them, that's good for others, and serves the greater good. I can actually get them to go from hating it to loving it. But the thing is, is that doesn't serve my client well if that's actually not what they truly want. See, they came to the call telling me what they want and what would make this the most effective call is to help them get beyond what's holding them back and what's what's causing to get beyond what's causing them to procrastinate on the creation of this course. When in reality, what they really want is consistent recurring income. And I may be able to ask them, it's like, okay, I could help you with that. Are you willing for just a moment to explore other options for creating security in your finances and recurring revenue through other methods? Well, I guess I am. You know, are there other options for online businesses? Well, yes, there are. And what if, you know, what if I told you there was an opportunity for you to make, let's just say, $10,000 a month recurring revenue in less than six hours a week of your time? And not only that, but you would never have to create all of those sales funnels and and landing pages and Facebook ads and optimize this, you know, split test A and B and and analytics and you mean and you wouldn't have to get thousands of people onto your list so that you can funnel it down to where a few hundred. What if I told you all you needed is 10 clients? Wow, is is that possible? Well, yeah, would you like to explore that? See, avoid solving the wrong problem by fo- by the focusing question. Getting to the real what is it that's what is it they really want? Usually what they tell you what they want, there's a reason why they want that and you want to get to that. And you may even want to go even a layer deeper. This you could get down to the center of the onion and and really get into the heart of what it is that they want. And avoid wasting your client's time by helping them solve the wrong problem. This is another reason why this book was so helpful to me. Um, another thing that 
the coaching habit really reinforced in me is the idea of silence. And that we should not fear silence. When you ask a question and they don't answer right away, let it sit for a moment. Or when they come to, like you ask them a question and they give you a response and you know there's more, don't ask for more, just be silent. And their own discomfort with silence will prompt them to say more. And to say more, they need to dig deeper inside of themselves to find out more to say. And that sometimes could be one of the greatest benefits you can do as a coach. And the other thing is, is, is asking the question, how can I help you with that? What, in what way can I help you get that result? Many times we think that we have the answers. We have all of the answers. And as soon as we get to this place, I learned from this book, as soon as we get to the place where we feel like we have all the answers, we forget to ask questions and we go into advice giving mode. Now, again, I'm not saying that an, an effective coach, coaching session is where all you do is ask questions, although that's a very real possibility. I love this. He says, um, we must avoid playing the role of the rescuer. I'm going to read this from the book. He says, when we're in rescuer mode, we're constantly leaping into solve problems, jumping in to offer advice, taking over responsibilities that others should rightly keep for themselves. We do it with good intentions. We're trying to help, to add value as coaches. But you can already see the price that's being paid by both sides. You're exhausted and they're irritated. You're limiting the opportunities for growth and for expanding the potential of those you're working with. More provocatively, you might be coming to understand that rescuers create victims though we want to believe that it's the other way around. So the idea here is that if we're consistently giving all the answers, we're creating people that, quote-unquote, are dependent upon us. And one of the things that I've learned as a coach, as a more effective coach, is that I want to help people come to their own conclusions, to come up with their own solutions that they can own, to realize that they have so much more understanding of what is the next right step inside of themselves, that they could actually begin to coach themselves at some point. Another powerful question, and and there are many in here, I'm just taking a select few, was the strategic question. And that is something like, if you're going to say yes to this activity in your life, what are you saying no to? Another way to ask a strategic question is this. Okay, so let's just say that you're going to move forward with this course. Tell me, what does that mean you're saying yes to? What all is involved when you say yes to creating course? What else does that mean you're saying yes to? What all goes along with that? And have you really considered those options as well that you when you said yes to this you meant that i'm saying yes to this and everything go, that goes along with with it in your mind when you're saying yes to creating an online course what are you saying yes to what else are you saying what exactly are you saying yes to another way of asking that question would be what could being fully committed to this project look like for you 
What projects will you need to abandon or postpone? What resources do you need to divert to get to this yes? What expectations of others do you need to manage? What relationships will you need to let wither? What habits do you need to break? What new habits do you need to form? What limiting beliefs do you need to eliminate? These are all examples of strategic questions to get to the strategy necessary to accomplish or achieve what it is that they want. I'm not going to share the entire book with you. I encourage you to go get this book. It's called The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Stanier. And my summary overall of this book, avoid the advice monster. Stay curious. Allow them to create their own neural pathways to their own answers. Have them search for the answers inside of themselves. Give them leading questions. When you have advice to give, see if you can't ask questions to lead them to un- to come up with that advice in their own way so that they will take ownership of it. And add your own advice only in healthy doses and when you have sufficient information. Those are the biggest takeaways I took from this book called The Coaching Habit. I hope you found this episode valuable. Mindset and Surround.